Welcome to I Feel Snitty, episode 206, entitled Can You Hear Me Now? Part 8. I'm your host, Craig Rosnicki. In the final scheduled hearing until September, the January 6th Select Committee focused its attention on the number 187, the number of minutes which lasts between Donald Trump's speech at the Ellipse and the time he finally told his mob of domestic terrorists to go home. In a newly leaked audio, former White House chief strategist and current white man demon troll, Steve Bannon, explained Donald Trump's election strategy to a group of associates. The demon troll started with, what Trump's going to do is just declare victory, right? He's going to declare victory because, but that, that's, that doesn't mean he's a winner. He's just going to say he's a winner. As it sits here today at 10 or 11 o'clock, Trump's going to walk in the Oval, tweet out, I'm the winner, game over, suck on that. End quote. He added, quote, the Republicans are more likely to vote in person, casting ballots that in many states will be counted first. Democrats disproportionately vote by mail. Their ballots will take days to tally in a number of states. That means that when it comes to public perceptions about who is winning, Democrats will have a natural disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner, so when you wake up Wednesday morning, it's going to be a firestorm. You're going to have Antifa, crazy, the media, crazy, the courts are crazy, and Trump's going to be sitting there mocking, tweeting shit out, you lose, I'm the winner, I'm the king, end quote. He finishes whatever in the hell you want to call it with, he's going to fire Ray, the FBI director, he's going to say, fuck you, how about that, because he's done his last election, oh he's going to be off the chain, he's going to be crazy. If Trump is losing by 10 or 11 o'clock at night, it's going to be even crazier. No, because he's going to sit there and say, They stole it. I'm directing the Attorney General to shut down all ballot places in all 50 states. He's not going out easy. If Biden is winning, Trump is going to do some crazy shit. End quote. Now, I don't mean to toot my own horn. For one thing, that typically only happens in the shower. In any case, the aforementioned leak repeated exactly what I've been saying for I don't know how long. This was the Trump team strategy from the outset. Trump may be a driveling idiot, but the one thing he knows how to do is to talk to fellow driveling idiots. Well ahead of election day, he repeat repeatedly told the world the only way he could lose the election is through rampant voter fraud. Or how he likely put it, the bigliest voter fraud the world has ever known, bigly. While Trump may not know how to spell illusory truth effect, let alone define it, he does seem to know that regardless of the level of truth shared in a claim, the more one repeats it, the more likely it is others will believe it. So even weeks before Election Day, many of his supporters came to firmly believe that if Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential election, it could only be due to widespread voter fraud. He and his team continue to play off this to increase the odds of controlling the narrative, at least in some circles, and with that public perception that if Joe Biden won the presidency, the election results were not legitimate. So Trump and his comrades continuously, and riskily, I might add, told his supporters to vote in person on election day. Why? Because they knew full well that historically Democrats have tended to vote by mail in higher, percentage, higher percentages than Republicans. And in a pandemic year especially, that separation between the two parties would likely be greater than in any election before it. I say riskily because one can never know what the potential obstacles could be on election day, whether it be excessively long lines during one's lunch break, malfunctioning machines during your only free space of time, 
a traffic accidents or hazardous weather, there's a significantly higher chance of disruption with same-day in-person voting than doing so by mail weeks ahead of the election. The Trump Mafia also knew that, not always, but in most cases, states counted same-day in-person votes first and mail-in votes last. Then as Trump built seemingly, but oftentimes deceptively large leads in key battleground states, he would declare victory. Once the mail-in votes started to get tallied and Biden began to cut into Trump's leads, Trump would then try to get Attorney General Bill Barr to stop the ballot counting, due to what he claimed was obvious fraud. Once Biden won the election, the claims of voter fraud grew louder and more rampant, not just by the Donald, but also his supporters. After all, they had been told for weeks, perhaps even months, that this very series of, of events could unfold, and if so, the only reason for it could be voter fraud. So Trump took the matter to state officials and lost. He took it to the courts and lost. He took it to senators and the vice president and once again lost. Then January 6th happened. The January 6th terrorist attack on our Capitol wasn't some random one in a million event which purely happened by accident and could never again take place. No. I just outlined the in-depth planning that went into effect leading up to January 6th. That same kind of mentality carried through January 6th as well. Donald Trump tweeted for his supporters to be there on that very day, weeks ahead of the event. He and his cronies were in contact with right-wing extremist groups to attend the rally, if you want to call it that. Then on that day, during his speech at the Ellipse, Donald Trump called for action. Not only that, it's now been revealed through testimony that he wanted to be let out of the beast, or the presidential limousine, and dropped off at the Capitol to join the terrorists. When that didn't happen, the committee provided for us a timeline of what took place next. For the next 187 minutes, Donald Trump never called Homeland Security, the National Guard, FBI, or law enforcement to seek help for the destruction which was being done to our nation's capital, those attempting to protect it, and our Constitution. For the next 187 minutes, Donald Trump spent a good chunk of his time calling senators and telling them to delay the certification of the election results. For the next 187 minutes, Donald Trump watched Fox News and nothing else. For the next 187 minutes, Donald Trump refused to include the word peace in any form of communication before finally settling on using the words stay peaceful in a tweet. For the next 187 minutes, Donald Trump did nothing to stop the terrorist attacks on our nation's capital because he didn't want them to stop. For this is what he had planned all along as a last-ditch effort to retain his position as president. And he knew as soon as he told his supporters to stop, his reign would be no more. As Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger said, quote, Trump didn't fail to act during those 187 minutes. He chose not to act, end quote. Meanwhile, during those three-plus hours of Donald Trump sitting back watching Fox News, attempting to prompt the Senate and Vice President to create a constitutional crisis, and enjoying the attack on our nation's capital, the terrorists were chanting to hang Mike Pence, to which Trump said, Maybe he deserves it. Minority Speaker Kevin McCarthy and others were reportedly beyond frightened and begging for help. Things were so dire, many calls were made by the VP detail to family, friends, and loved ones, telling them they loved them and goodbye, as they thought they were going to die. This wasn't tourism, a peaceful protest, not even a riot. This was an act of domestic terrorism, period. And this act of domestic terrorism was incited by the then President of the United States, Donald Trump.
Before I close this episode, I want to briefly touch on three things. Number one, was it just me or did anyone else start cracking up when video showed Josh Howley running like a little bitch? Here the guy raised his fist in solidarity with the terrorists at the U.S. Capitol and then ran away from them. Josh Hawley may try to talk a big game, but when push comes to shove, he's a lepton. Number two, speaking of unintended humor, how about those Donald Trump outtakes? It's no wonder he's often criticized Joe Biden and other Democratic politicians for using a teleprompter, because it seems he can't read from them. In case you missed it, here's what lepton Trump had to say. Quote, I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack yesterday, and to those that broke the law, you will pay. You do not represent our movement, you do not represent our country, and if you broke the law, can't say that. I am a, I already said you will pay. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defied a seat of destiny. It's defiled, right? See, I can't see it very well. Okay, do this. I'm going to do this. Let's go. But this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election is over. I just want to say the election... I just want to say that Congress has certified the results without saying the election is over. Okay? Yeah, like, I didn't say over. So let me see. Go to the paragraph before. Okay. I'd like to begin by addressing the heinous attack yesterday. Yesterday is a hard word for me. Ah, good. Take the word yesterday out because it doesn't work with me. The, uh, heinous attack on our country. Say on our country. Can we say that? My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. End quote. Number three. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry after I discovered why hashtag Clark Kent was trending on Twitter after the most recent January 6th hearing. It was because a man who attended said hearing, according to many, bore a striking resemblance to Clark Kent. Here are just a few of the headlines about it. Quote, Clark Kent look like wins Twitter during Jan 6 hearing. End quote. Quote, who is Jan 6 Clark Kent? Mysterious man behind Pottinger sparks rumors. End quote. Quote, Clark Kent from Jan 6 hearings identified. Who is this mystery hunk? End quote. Quote, hunky Clark Kent look like steals the show at Jan 6 hearings. End quote. And, quote, the Clark Kent look like stole the show during the latest primetime Jan 6 hearing. End quote etc. I know I should probably not take this too seriously, but is this not the perfect representation of where we are as a country today? At a hearing, where we've learned that a former president of the United States incited a terrorist attack on our nation's capital and tried to end any semblance of democracy here as we know it, not to mention the many lives which were either lost or close to being lost as a result, America is tweeting, Never mind all that. Who's the guy that looks like Clark Kent behind the witnesses that are placing their careers and lives in danger by testifying? I mean, seriously. What the fuck, America? And that's it for today's episode. Until next time, you can check me out on Podbean, Amazon, Twitter, Facebook, and Blogger. This has been I Feel Snitty with Craig Rosnicki. Take care.